How personalized can a financial plan be when it's created by one of those robo-advisors? Plugging in standard algorithm to calculate insurance need and future wealth of random human client. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting to know you always comes first. Together, we'll create a financial plan based on your specific goals. Find a local Farm Bureau advisor at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. You're listening to the Chicago Audible Podcast, changing up the way Bears fans stay up to date on their favorite team since 2015. Now get ready. Because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Chicago Audible. I'm Miros Wildewitt, and I'm very excited to be back after missing our practice recap show earlier in the week. Now, today's episode, it's a very insightful one, and one that I believe you're really going to enjoy. I'll be bringing on John Pollard. He is the head of Zebra Sports to discuss the new extended partnership between Zebra Tech and our Chicago Bears. So stay around to learn more about Pollard's connection to Ryan Pace how Zebra collects data at practice as well as in games, what types of data that teams are finding valuable with some really interesting examples, the newest stat that we'll be getting for running backs this season via NFL's next-gen stats, how the technology really doesn't take away the human element of the game but really takes it to an entirely new level, and really just so much more along the way. So let's go ahead and jump right on in to that interview. All right, so sitting here with me, I have John Pollard. He is the head of Zebra Sports at Zebra Technologies. Zebra Sports, they just renewed their partnership with the Chicago Bears. John, I'm glad to have you on your show to learn a little bit more about Zebra Tech, Zebra Sports, and all the data that you're all collecting and how it's going to benefit the Chicago Bears. Before we do that, just curious, where we're recording here, it's Friday afternoon. How have you been? How's your week going? Going really well. Well, thank you very much for having us on. And uh, so looking forward to talking to you about some of the things that we do. Uh, doing great. You know, we're in the midst of training camp. And as as all the fans, I'm sure, are aware, the teams are busy preparing for the season. And, you know, we at Zebra, you know, supporting the league uh, for now our sixth year as the official player tracking technology partner. We're busy as well, not only supporting the league initiatives and prepping for tracking the games that are upcoming in the next few weeks, uh, but we also have 10 of the NFL teams using our uh, our system and their practice facility as well. And, of course, the Chicago Bears are one of those teams, and we're very proud to be a partner of theirs. Now, you said that you're proud to be a partner of the Chicago Bears. And I know Zebra Tech, they're actually based out of Lincolnshire, Illinois, 13 right. minutes away from Hallis Hall. Does that partnership with the Bears perhaps mean something a little extra special, just being practically neighbors? Yeah, I think it, it is special. If you, if a company can work with you know an iconic organization like Chicago Bears in a football city, in a sports city like Chicago, those are all good things, right? And so it was, we we're very fortunate to be able to work very closely with the Bears and develop a plan using our tracking system to outfit all of Hallis Hall. And you know, as many of the fans may be aware, Hallis Hall has a really unique configuration, not only in its quality and the, and the beauty of the location itself, 
but there are a number of practice fields. There's a set of two practice fields just adjacent to the primary building. There's the bubble, the indoor bubble, of course, which is a beautiful building unto itself, one of my favorites in the NFL, frankly. And then there's a couple of more practice fields in the back part of the of the property. And so, you know, to install our system in all those environments to ensure that the Bears can practice, uh, track all their practices and all the player performance and development during the season and off season, you know, it was a very unique opportunity for us. And we are excited to be a partner and couldn't be more proud to work with the Bears. And obviously you have other partners, so I'm not going to take yeah. any way uh, anything from them. And additionally, you are the team behind the NFL's next-gen stats, which is interesting in itself, makes a lot of sense. But before we kind of get into Zebra Technologies and Zebra Sports and what they do, we were talking a little bit right before we went uh, into this recording, just checking levels. And you mentioned that you've known Ryan Pace all the way since his days at the New Orleans Saints. So obviously you guys have a little bit of a relationship. Don't think you get too much into it, but is there anything you can share? Well, look, I... You know, it's it. You're working in any industry for long enough, you build relationships and friendships, and 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 you get comfortable with people that you know. And you know, interestingly enough, my time before Zebra, I worked for Stats, which is also a, an Illinois-based company. Um, and you know, and I worked at Microsoft before then. And, and during my time at Microsoft and at Stats, I was able to work very closely with New Orleans Saints when Ryan Pace uh, held various personnel uh, positions uh, there and saw his career grow. Um, and so, you know, there, there's some synergy there and familiarity and working with each other. I have great respect for Ryan. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. And his capabilities uh, and what he's brought to, you know, had brought to the Saints and now with the Bears. And so it's always exciting when you can work with somebody you're familiar with and comfortable working with. And, and look, you know. I personally like to do all I can to make sure that we can make the Bears successful, all of our clients successful. But it's always great, again, when you're working with somebody you've known for a number of years. That seems like a good way to describe it without giving away too much of the details. I was going to ask, does Ryan Pace, does he is he fond of analytics and use them? But I guess if the answer is no, you wouldn't be here talking to me. <laughs> well, I think Ryan can represent you know, himself there just fine and talk about those things specifically. Well, one day if I ever get him on the podcast, I'll make sure to inquire upon it. Something we've been trying for a couple of years. You can put in a good word for us. I'm kidding. But all, all joking aside, let's go ahead. Let's talk about Zebra Tech and Zebra Sports sure. and what you're able to do. I know uh, you guys utilize RFID, radio frequency identification. Uh, you kind of track players, ball information uh, for teams, games, even their practices. Can you give us some insight on what that looks like, some of the equipment you're putting those uh, chips in, and just some uh, general overview of the tech? Sure. And, and I think, you know, before we start to the specifics of what we do in the shoulder pads and the ball, uh, you brought up the, the, the key phrase, I think, that, that we'd like to talk about, and that's RFID. So, of course, RFID is radio frequency identification. And in the world of sports tracking, there are a number of different technologies that are utilized for various sports around the world. And the primary categories of technology are RFID, like the technology that we use here at Zebra. 
Uh, there's also GPS technology, which uses uh, the global positioning satellites around the Earth as a, as a part of the technology solution and service. There's also optical tracking solutions, which are quite prevalent in games like uh, sports, uh, sports like uh, golf, tennis. Uh, also, uh, soccer uses a lot of optical uh, as, as well. And the RFID system that we utilize, the goodness of that is that we use a series of receiver boxes that are placed around the perimeter of a field or the perimeter of an indoor bubble and also the stadiums themselves. And RFID, because we're relying on a set of local receiver boxes, we place tags on the player's shoulder pads or we sew them into the uh, compression shirts or practice jerseys themselves. Also, as you mentioned, there's a tag inside the football. But those tags can speak to, if I may, send a signal to the receiver boxes around the field. And because of the location and the technology itself, the accuracy of our system is, gets very high ranks. We are, have plus or minus six inches of location accuracy uh, for all of our reps. And so the location accuracy that RFID provides is premium. Uh, just for an example, when you think about a GPS uh, type of solution, the variability and accuracy and location can be anywhere up to 39 inches. Uh, and so you know, there's a differentiation in terms of you know, you know, location accuracy between RFID, optical, and GPS. Um, and as I mentioned, we do uh, outfit the shoulder pads for padded practices and games. We have uh, our chips are also in the practice jerseys. And interestingly enough, as much as the advanced analytics and tracking data is interesting to talk about, and it is, um, we get a lot of high marks for just operational efficiency. Uh, our tags are, have been uh, designed and engineered so that they can be washed and dried. And so it takes a lot of the operational burden off of the staff uh, where, the, where other devices you may have to take out of compression uh, harnesses and recharge mm -hmm. and, re and redistribute after each session. Our tags uh, are already in. They can be washed and dried, as I said. And the process of turning them on and off is simply going through with what we call a wand and waking up, putting all the chips into a wake active mode uh, prior to a game or a practice session. And then after that game or practice session, you can go back and wand those tags and put them into a sleep mode. And that enables the chips to last for an entire season. That's pretty remarkable that they can be washed and dried. I was wondering uh, before we hopped on this call, like how would that work if you're taking them in and out? So you guys are pretty ahead of the curve there in terms of making the technology uh, waterproof, which would make sense with sweat and things of that nature too. But being able to go through all the wear and tear of a season, is one season usually a lifespan of one of these chips and you replace them or do some last maybe a little bit longer? Yeah, we're working on a chip that has a battery life uh, in, inside the inside of the item or the tag that will last more than a season, and then we may be rolling those out relatively soon. Um, you know, the, the tags themselves, just for uh, for context, they're they're about the width or the diameter of an American nickel and about the thickness of two nickels stacked on top of each other, so they're fairly small. Um, and inside the, the pads themselves, they're, they're, we use an adhesive pouch and then we put them inside the epaulets of all the shoulder pads and they last the entire season. And then after the season, we go to the various team, all the teams for game tracking and their practice clients. We go to their facilities and re, uh, reestablish new tags for the coming years. That's all very fascinating. And I know you guys gather a ton of different metrics. I saw on your website acceleration, deceleration, distance traveled, the orientation and proximity to the ball, uh, as well as some other players uh, per play, as well as just total. Is there any other metrics that maybe I didn't see listed that you guys do keep track of as well? Well, I think, you know, the, the primary one, the fundamentals are the, is a player on the field, where they are on the field and where they are in proximity to the players on their own team and other players. 
And then when you add the dimensionality of what the ball can provide, you can you gather a lot of information. So yes, are they on the field? How fast are they moving? How far are they moving for a single play or a series of plays or for a single practice or various drills inside of a practice? Those are all critical fundamental elements of what our system generates in terms of data. I think you know what the NFL has done really a great job with and the Next Gen Stats team at the NFL. Um, fans can go to NFL.com and the Next Gen Stats site at NFL.com and look at some of the really interesting analytics that are starting to be born out of the tracking data. You know, things like improbable uh, completions thing. You know, we also track top speed for ball carriers or we track the longest play from scrimmage. Uh, but we are also getting uh, this year, they're releasing a new data point called expected rushing yards. And so based on the players, uh, the rushers speed, the direction they're traveling, the number of defenders in proximity to the ball carrier at, at certain times during the play, you have a rush uh, expected rushing yard per carry. And you can then monitor to the, the running back hit the hit have the capability to go beyond the expectation are they coming are they delivering below the expected rushing yards and so we're really excited about the innovation that the nfl's brought to the party in terms of uh, the next gen stats data category and each season there's a whole new plethora of data points that they release and i think it brings it brings fans closer to the game and i think it also up levels the appreciation you can have for these players the speed of the game and the athleticism and capabilities of these nfl players for sure. So when you're talking about that expected rushing yards, is this going to be some new data that will be collected or do you have previous data that you can now call these points and look back at previous years and see how running backs did fare with their expected rushing yards? There's a new data category released this year, announced this year by the NFL Next Gen Stats team. Uh, I'm not sure of this. I mean, they could, uh, with the information that we, we capture from the past years, they could retroactively uh, create lists uh, from uh, historical data points as well. But I know this is something that's been announced for this year. I'm not sure of the plans of the historical review. Understood. Just wanted to check because I think it would be yeah. interesting, even if it's a new data point, if you have guys currently on your roster or opponents to go back to kind of give it a look. So that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'll just another point on the rushing piece. You know, I talk about examples of how this information can be used and how teams like to use practice practice tracking data and then and then analyze it against game performance data. You know, the, the workload of the player is is something that's closely monitored and, and is prevalent now for all organizations. They want to monitor players throughout the preseason, throughout the season to monitor their workload. And, you know, sometimes people think about tracking you know, capabilities and, and, and technologies as a, as a method to suggest, you know, taking down the workload of a player. Well, a lot of times the performance information that we, we capture through our tracking system helps inform the strength and conditioning coaches and performance coaches that players need to increase their workload during a certain practice. Uh, one of the examples that's brought, uh, we, we talk about often with our team clients, our special teams players. So those special teams players have a very limited set of rep, reps that they get each practice. And as, as a result, but during a game, of course, they have a number of explosive takeoffs during a punt, a punt coverage, for instance, or a kickoff return. And so the performance and strength and conditioning coaches really need to ensure that those players on special teams, in this case, this example that I'm describing, need to get X amount of sprints and top level sprints throughout, throughout a practice week to make sure that their soft tissues are ready in preparation for the game to re reduce the potential for an injury, but also to maximize the potential for optimal performance. And so it's something I like to do, like to share with people is that the tracking technology isn't about just minimizing or monitoring or it, the workload. It's also you know, creating an optimal level of workload so that the athletes uh, are, avoid injury as much as possible and perform at the best of their abilities. 
Uh, besides just reps and things of that nature, are there any other data points that you guys keep track of that do help teams with keeping players more safe? You know, I, I think, you know, for us, I, I think the sprint category for the each, as we all know, the players have different types of, you know, physicality, offensive linemen, running backs, wide receivers, defensive backs. I think what might be interesting for people to know is that, you know, teams don't just use a general number to see how fast every player ran in general or how far each player ran in general. Offensive linemen, for instance, aren't going to be long. It's not easy being the one everyone counts on to keep the facility running, no matter the weather or supply chain hiccup. But we get you, Raymond in Buffalo and Maria in Miami, Jules in Minneapolis and Stan in central Indiana, taking control of everything that's under your control. At Granger, we're here for you with experienced branch staff at over 250 locations so you get the product you're looking for. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Distance runners, they're working in very short areas of space. However, their explosiveness to get to their blocks or to move downfield during a certain certain play or get to the second level, for instance, to help extend a running play. Uh, teams are using that information, the tracking information, to help train offensive linemen specifically. In the cases of wide receivers and defensive backs, they're looking at you know how fast those players can create separation in the case of a wide receiver or close the separation gap for a defensive back. And so I, we're seeing t- teams take the tracking data and look for certain moments with inside of a certain practice rep to identify the explosiveness for, for players and train to those types of things to make sure it's just maximum performance. So uh, what I find teams getting into the minutia of the data and then getting very specific in terms of how they prescribe practice and, and development and, tra- and training regimens for all the positions. Uh so obviously the Chicago Bears, they've done a lot of improvements around Hallis Hall and not just improvements, but they're putting a lot of fail safes in place just due to the COVID restrictions and trying to keep track of different players and their locations. Is Zebra behind any of that technology and helping the Bears kind of combat the COVID-19? Well, that's a great question. So uh, firsthand using our practice system, no, we're not firsthand involved in, in the proximity information. Now, in a practice environment, we track everybody who's within inside of our tracking range on that field. So there could be information derived if there happened to be a hypothetical where a player tested positive. You could identify through our system the proximity of that player to other players on the field because each player's tag set identifies them as that as that specific player. So you could derive proximity information, whether they're gathered on the sideline as players do when they're not in a rep, for instance, um, or during position drills where they're close to each other. You could see that information. It could be helpful. Uh, that said, I will say that, you know, Zebra Corporation, we announced a, a COVID proximity and, uh, and contact tracing solution uh, that we are providing to our industrial clients in places like manufacturing and retail and warehousing and operations that uses our core competencies and location services for other industries and allowing warehouse workers, retail workers, and healthcare workers to keep proximity areas. And in the case, again, in the case of a positive test, we can, our system can track the uh, proximity to different individuals inside of an organization. And we've had great success with that solution. That's great to hear. We need it. So that's a great way that Zebra's 
helping mitigate uh, this pandemic that we're all going through right now. And getting back to football, though, obviously, we can probably talk COVID all day, but I don't think anyone <laughs> wants to listen to that. Uh, when you're looking at the game of football itself, you know, Zebra Technologies, you guys, you've been around with the NFL for quite some time now. Are you seeing any ways that you're perhaps influencing the game? Uh, any different strategies that are coming out of some of the data that you are giving teams or they are taking from you? Well, it's difficult to say, you know, firsthand without being overly disclosing how some of our teams are are using the data. Um, and then we're not privy to, you know, all the ways teams use our information right. as well. Um, you know, an example I'd like to point to where tracking data was helpful is, you know, there was an example uh, a season ago where uh, I was talking with a club at their facility and they had mentioned uh, that they were doing just typical film study um, in an advanced scouting exercise. And there was a, it was a play uh, where their uh, one number one receiver had caught a pass on it was like an eight or a nine route and was just taken off downfield to be a short touchdown. And out of the outside of the frame of the film uh, came, you know, the defender back in, in pursuit and a defensive back who caught their number one receiver from behind. And the response from the scouts that I was talking to was like, this this is something that got everybody's eye, the explosiveness of this defender. And the defender happened to be, or he was either a second or third string uh, based on injury of, the, of their opponent was a second or third string player. And and, and so that, that flash of video, of course, the lifeblood of all coaching and scouting, video study and game uh, video study itself, um, they uh, saw this player and they said, huh, who is this guy? And they went back to the tracking data and, and the speed data that they have access to through the teams have a site that uh, only they can access for this specific tracking information for games. They looked at this player's uh, speed and he had sustained sprints of very high, uh, high levels, top speed sprints uh, amongst the population of players. And it surprised them. So they went back to the scouting reports on the player when he was first entered, entered into the league. And he was actually an undrafted free agent. Um, and but based on the speed that they saw on video and then the speed that they were based on that video, they went to research the next gen stats data on that player. And based on the number of times he reached top speed of a certain range, they said that he, he could have been anywhere from a fourth or fifth round draft pick wow. if they had that much of quantifiable information on the player. Ultimately, that player and it's important that I keep it, you know, the teams, you know, nondescript and the, and the player nameless in this case. Uh, that team, that the the the, uh, the opponent team did cut the player, and the team that I'm speaking of went out and signed immediately. Um, <laughs> so uh, a long story, but kind of an interesting one, where you really you f- find some real gratification, where teams are saying the video gave us a highlight, which video is always going to be the most important element in the coaching and the studying piece. But here's where the tracking data becomes a quantifiable set of new information that helps support an assessment. And, you know, there's so many players in the league that come in and out and there's players who who have maybe NFL capabilities, but maybe aren't currently on a roster. If they can get on a preseason roster and teams can track some of their preseason data and it becomes a, a useful data element to help bring that player into a team in the future, uh, that's really gratifying and exciting. So I think that that's some that, that's that's one example that I like to point to. Um, I think the the other the other part 
that I'm seeing are is the study of specifically the study of routes, wide receiver routes over a course of a game. Because as we know, a, a receiver might be targeted twelve, a top receiver might be targeted twelve times a game, and they maybe they on a good day they're going to catch ten of those passes. But of course, they're running routes when they're not thrown to throughout the game. They're on the field many, many times. And, you know, do you see some level? And because football is about spade and space and time and space and timing, do you see a degradation and acceleration for that receiver over a course of a game? Uh, is, does, is that receiver where that where the quarterback expects them to be in the third and fourth quarter after X amount of reps? And so we see a little bit more of a finite, you know, a set of you know, analysis on the data to make sure that they're training their receivers you know, to perform, you know, consistently throughout a course of a, a game itself? Or do you take the receiver off the field for a few reps when you expect him to run an eight or nine route coming up in the series of plays? So uh, that that's fun, too, to see how teams are using the tracking data to study that. That is really interesting. Uh, not going to lie there. We've talked a lot about uh, practice. Is there a certain setup that you need to do for games, like having a team going to a stadium, getting things set up for like sensors and things like that? Yeah, so the 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 system itself is installed in all the NFL stadiums here in the U.S., the three stadiums in the U.K. and also Mexico City. Uh, so the uh, receiver boxes, the, the receiving infrastructure is in place at the stadiums and it's there long term. Uh, the players' pads, we tag all those during the preseason before preseason actually starts. So those tags are in place. We do have a crew of, of three to five people that are that go to every game day stadium, and they are part of the crew that goes to the locker rooms well before the players' arrival. And as I mentioned earlier, wakes up those tags with our wand process, turns on all the tags to confirm that they're on and operational. We turn on all the footballs and the ball bags uh, for both teams. And then that operations crew quickly gets out of the locker room before the teams arrive. And then we go up into the press box and we have a team of three who monitor the game and do what we call eventing just to ensure the system is working, you know, and operating uh, appropriately. The data that's collected for all the games in the NFL is then processed in our San Jose command center and also sent uh, at the same time to the NFL offices. Um, and then ultimately work through a process of collaboration with the NFL Next Gen Stats team to make sure that the, the data sets are ready at the end of a ga- uh, day's worth of games and it's distributed to all the players the day after. Uh, sorry, all the teams. Understood. Now, you're talking about all these really cool data points. John, is there any chance that you have like the weirdest off-the-wall thing that you guys keep a track of? I think the one thing I saw uh, in an article on this preparations earlier this week is like, you do keep track or, and teams may not use it, but how many times the ball spins like on a pass. So like, it kind of helps knowing like if it's, you know, if the spiral is tight or not, which is interesting to me, but is there any other really what I would call off the wall kind of data points that you're aware of? Well, I'll, I'll, I'll give a couple of examples. First thing I want to address the uh, rotations on a football. Sure. I'm learning a lot talking to the coaches uh, and over the years. And in addition to the, being the partner of the NFL, for six years, we've all, we're also entering our fourth year as the official player tracking technology partner and provider for the Reese's Senior Bowl in Mobile, Alabama. And in those cases, you know, teams really enjoy that we're tracking all the practices during the week as well as the games themselves. And so we've had some pretty, you know, a number of NFL starting quarterbacks go through the Senior Bowl, uh, playing the Senior Bowl game in the last few years. Um, I, I'll, I'll share a story, if I may, regarding the, the sure. rotational information. Talking to some quarterback coaches and well as from some throwing and passing coaches, uh, they talked about uh, RPMs, certainly not as a in velocity of a football, not as a silver bullet set of information. You know, velocity is not critically the most important thing in a pass. It's about accuracy. 
Um, but on the RPM side, uh, I've heard a number of coaches talk about rotations are important in wind and weather and precipitation and also in humid, humid environments. And if you have a quarterback that has a low spin rate, and we've heard the term the quarterback can really spin it. Well, now our chip allows you to, and our tracking True. system allows you to quantify the actual spins on the football. And you know, just because you can spin it doesn't mean you're accurate. But nevertheless, I have had coaches talk about the potential of studying a quarterback that has a high spin rate. Are they more uh, are they more capable? Their throwing capabilities more conducive to poor weather or, or, or seasonal weather situations or high humidity situations like quarterbacks that have to play in Florida uh, for the first two months of the season. So it's interesting. Uh, the RPM data is really interesting. Also, kicks and punts and turns on a football for, you know, special teams coaches are known as a bit of the, the mad scientist analysis on coaching staffs. And uh, we have it, you know, coaches really take the special teams coaches really be interested in, in our, in our kicking information in terms of velocity and height and rotational information on kickoffs, punts and field goals. Um, so, and in terms of like unique data points, uh, something that pointed out to me in 2019, the fourth longest play from scrimmage that was tracked as per the next gen stat service was Corderell Patterson. And it was his 102 yard TD uh, kickoff uh, return against the, uh, the saints in week seven. And as we would see in a normal box score, it was a 102 yard TD return, but he actually ran 130.5 yards. So th- that right there is kind of it. Now, interesting for a moment. Okay. But when you think about the number of reps, when, a four-yard gain doesn't necessarily mean a four-yard run. Perhaps the player ran six and a half yards to reach that four yards. And if you think about accumulation of a season, an accumulation of practices uh, over a career, we actually now can track, if I may, the tread on the tire of all these players. How much are they actually putting out in terms of a workload? And I think this is all useful information in the term, in the, in the sense that you can monitor a player and their return to play protocol for coming back from injury. You can monitor a rookie who's coming into an NFL season and probably has, perhaps hasn't played past a 10th, 11th or 12th week during a season. And maybe they're in week 15 or 16. Um, I think that's also very interesting. And then a veteran player, perhaps as a veteran player who is an efficiency stat for running backs that's run out of the next gen stat service. And efficiency is a number of your average yards are running back runs to gain a single yard and it's never a one-for-one ratio sometimes running backs run one and a half you know 1.75 2.2 yards to gain a single yard if a player has played four or five seasons their efficiency rates low and they've practiced and avoided injury perhaps that's somebody you might want to sign to a longer term contract or you know off the shelf do you would you necessarily sign a 32 year old running back who's played 12 years in the league um, you know, to a four or five year contract, uh, perhaps not, but perhaps maybe these numbers can help support that player and say that player, when their workloads monitored, still have a great effectiveness for my club. So I'm excited in seeing how this information can help prolong players' careers, uh, as well as bring you know another set of useful information to the player, the scouting, uh, the scouting staffs, and the coaching staffs. Sure, I can see that, especially once you start getting averages in place for consecutive years. You can see a 27-year-old, we can use a running back, for example, who maybe has more, you know, less tread and he's averaging where it may be a 30 or a 31-year-old running back has because he's been overused and how that can impact a career as well. So that's really interesting stuff when you kind of put it in that perspective. Yeah, and, and we, I agree, Will, and I think uh, to stay on the running back discussion, you know, we talk about north and south runners. 
Um, Next Gen Stats has an information uh, set for running backs. How time behind the line of scrimmage? You know how how fast do they get to the line of scrimmage? And so we heard we heard about north south runners versus let's say Le'Veon Bell, who's really well known to string out a play and and move down the down the line of scrimmage to look for an opening and maybe spends more dwell time. Now more dwell time behind the line of scrimmage isn't necessarily a bad thing, but that is more behind time behind the line of scrimmage. That is more tread on the tire over a course of a career. It's a certain running style. Um, and so you, you you look at running backs that run north and south, they're going to have a lower efficiency number in terms of yards per carry and yards used per carry. And they'll have a short, typically a short dwell time behind the line of scrimmage. Now, you talked about distance a lot. I don't know if you have any numbers in front of you, but do you know? Does a robot know you like a neighbor? Insurance Corporation will fulfill requests to cover anyone, anything, anytime, anywhere with most standard algorithm in the order it was received. Please hold. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting the insurance coverage you need always starts with a conversation. Find a Farm Bureau agent at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. Like how far like an average NFL player would run on a game like throughout a 16-week season by chance? That would be interesting to me. Yeah, it's a great question. Well, I have to get back to you on that. You Darn know, it. You know, how much you could. And then we also have, just, to, just so you know, there's information in play and then there's out of play. Um, you know, so there's there, there, during sub packages, for instance, so between, the, between the snap and the whistle, there's distance and time travel. And then, of course, as we know, coming on and off the field for different times, there's, tra- mm. there's distances there. So I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily have that number offhand, but I could get back to you with a couple of examples. Yeah, I'll pass it forward to our listeners after the fact, just because that'd be interesting to me. I've been uh, this year, fun fact for you, John, I'm coaching middle school football, not nearly the same degree, but just letting them know, like when we're running some distance, it's just because you're going to be running more than you think. It is a lot of stop and go, but it adds up. So just knowing would be a good way to quantify it to the kids as well. So they understand like the reason for conditioning and just having good cardiovascular health. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There was a couple of a couple of years ago talking to a coaching staff and they had mentioned, um, you know, with all the sub packages that happen on defense, uh, they, they had mentioned how they were using uh, some information, not just our information, but just looking at information about how they were planning a series of plays and they would try to move the ball away from the opponent's sideline because they knew on third and short that their, their run stopper in the middle from their opposing team would have to run the furthest distance from their sideline back into the play, and then they would snap the ball faster. Uh, so to wear him out a little it. bit and then yeah. let him get gassed and not catch his breath and take advantage. Now, that's, that's super strategic. And see, <laughs> things like when you're out watching a game in real time you may not think about uh, as a fan from this perspective, but it's interesting that NFL teams have to go to that degree. So sometimes if you're wondering why would you do that play call, there could be a data point behind it, which is interesting to me. There certainly could be. And of course, tracking data can help inform that with even more quantifiable information. So this is an idea that could, certainly was born without tracking data available. Now that it's available, that, that could, they could take that type of strategic thinking to another level. No kidding. It's like 4D chess over here now in the NFL. Yeah. It really is. It, it really is. And, I, and that's what I really, at, at the highest level, I really appreciate and, and excited about what we're able to provide as a partner of the NFL and the teams, the, the new dimension of appreciation for the play, play, players. You know, you and I talked before we you know came, became live, you know, we talked about 
one of the categories of information called improbable com uh, completions, which mm -hmm. are, you know, past completions is a series of elements that go into it, including the distance of the past, but primarily how far defend, how many and how far the defenders away from the primary receiver. And it might be interesting, you know, to bear fans that, you know, in 2019, Mitchell Trubisky had the fourth best improbable completion of the, of the season. Um, and it was a 36 yard touchdown pass uh, to ta uh, Taylor Gabriel against the, against Washington. And the pass had a completion percentage probability of 10.4%. Uh, so very unlikely, but it does show the athletic capabilities and throwing capabilities of Mitchell um, as well as the catching capability of Taylor at the same time. It's a, it's a fun number to, to look at. And associated with that is there's an aggressive number. And aggressive is how many pass attempts do play, uh, quarterbacks make into tight windows. And tight windows are defined when a, re a receiver has a defender one yard or less in proximity. So, again, we could always hear about an aggressive throw or throwing into a tight window. Now we can quantify it with tracking data. Uh, and, and Mitchell Trubisky was 12th last year in 2019 at the percentage of aggressive throws. Again, throws going into a one-yard window next to the, to the primary receiver with a defender with, with a yard or less away from a defender. 17.8% of his passes were quali qualified as aggressive attempts. Um, just for context, the number one most aggressive thrower per that metric last year in 2019 was Matt Stafford, and 23.4% of his passes were thrown into tight windows. Um, one final thing, I get kind of I get kind of nerdy on this one myself. I understand completely. Number two or three in 2019 throwing in aggressive throwers in tight windows was Dwayne Haskins, a rookie, at 22.7% of his attempts were in tight windows. And number three was Daniel Jones. Uh, of the Giants with 22.4% of his throws were in tight windows. The two lowest quarterbacks, and this is not a, a negative in any sense, the least amount of aggressive throws last year in 2019. Um, again, you want to guess one of those quarterbacks? Tom Brady? Pat Mahomes. Oh, okay. Yeah, Pat, Patrick Mahomes and Derek Carr were through into the, the, with the least aggressive throwers. Now, we obviously know that aggressive throw percentage is, is not tied to talent, capability, and pure performance, but it's an interesting metric to look at. It is, because like you're mentioning Mitch, and I remember last year we had a difficult time seeing receivers get some sort of separation. Mitch is having a hard time anticipating some throws. So to have that stat up there just makes sense because it felt like he was having to force him into tight windows just due to being a little late on a route or late on a throw. So it's it's a stat that doesn't mean maybe a positive thing. And I think that's why you're seeing rookies so high too because they're having a hard time anticipate and they're having to make throws maybe a half a second or a second later than maybe they should be. So it, you can use the data anyway, but you'd have to kind of take the data and then put the film behind it to see why. And that's really interesting that we can have some data points like that too. Well, that's that's exactly the conversation, as you can imagine, takes place with the scouts and the coaches and how they're going to use this. We're still in the early stages of how tracking data can be applied to the scouting you know, uh, practice and to the, and to the coaching efforts and, and to the advanced scouting capabilities. You mentioned about separation. You know, Jimmy Graham joined the Bears this year. Um, obviously, Ryan has familiarity with, with Jimmy Graham with his time with the Saints. Um, Jimmy Graham last year, you know, while I was with the Packers, he had the highest of the highest amount of separation created from defenders with 3.9 yards as a tight end. Um, now, again, that could do a couple of things. Potentially, I'm hypothesizing a bit. 
that could create a lot of opportunities for Allen Robinson that, you know, Jimmy Graham can draw some attention, create more opportunities for Allen Robinson on the outside. Uh, That might be something to take a look at. So for Jimmy Graham, I just want to make sure I understood, is that the highest on the Packers last year, the highest out of all tight ends? All tight ends. He had created the most separation from defenders at 3.9 yards for, for all targeted passes. I'm jotting that down. Thank you. <laughs> That's a good stat. Yeah, yeah. And now, again, he had Devontae Adams in Green Bay, right, that was also drawing some attention. That could help contribute to that 3.9 yards of separation. But I think you have a very, yeah, at least a reasonable uh, analogous situation, the comparative situation with Allen Robinson. The Bears could, could create some opportunities as well. Now you're talking about separation and we just talked about the tight windows for quarterbacks. Are they using that same data of like defenders draping receivers and seeing what, how many receivers can kind of make those, what they call contested catches? Yes. Teams are definitely using that information to study, you know, contested ball opportunities and and then also route concepts. I mean, what types of route contests versus defensive uh, looks create the most separation. separation. Yeah. See you now. Geez. Now you're getting me excited. Super nerdy, go. and that's super fun, too. Um, so <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, well, the, the trick is there, too. The, the data is – it's such a rich data set, you know, along with all the other data points, the, you know, the traditional data points, the, the types of data points you get from a, a stats or a pro football focus and on top of that, which all teams use, and now the tracking data on top of that. Um, you know, it's such a rich data set. So teams are really you – know, the, the important part that I've seen is, you know, the, the leading teams that have it – doesn't, it doesn't, it's not about a number of people that you have the philosophy and the, and the staff and the culture to derive the insights from these rich data sets and then make them in and in, in present them into a digestible and compelling way to the scouts and coaches so that they can use it for teaching and, 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 and strategic building purposes. I mean, that that's the trick. It's the, the data is useful, uh, but you have to have the internal personnel, uh, the overall culture, I think is critically important in the tools to sift through all the information and then create what I call the points of light. What are the, hmm. you might have a, you might have a 15 rows and 24 columns with the data. What are the three things you can take to the coach or, or the, or, or to the coach and say, ah, okay, I can use this as a teaching element. I can use this to accentuate a point. I can use this as a point of validation as I'm trying to, you know, you know, push a, a, an idea or a concept across to my players. And, and that is the fun part to see how the different teams are all unique and how they approach that. So, what you're saying is, John, for people who maybe fear analytics ruining the human element of the game, in theory, it almost adds a little bit more to it because you do have to take a little bit more into account when you are coming up with strategies and game plans and just overall philosophies. You know, why don't how about you come on this side and get in front of this background? Because that's exactly right. You, you should be on my side. That's exactly right, Will. That, it's that discussion that we have with you know, not just football, we we're looking and in expanding into other sports as well. I, you, you articulated it extremely well. It All it does is turn up the fidelity that it is a, it's, it's a people sport. It, it's about culture. It's about communication. You can have all the technology and all the software and all the, all the tools available. But if you don't have that culture from the top, the leadership that says we're going to be about we're going to be information driven. We're going to be about making efficient, smart decisions. We're going to use all the resources available to us in a way that's practical. The practicality is the trick. And that takes people and the expertise of the scouts and the coaches and the strength and conditioning coaches and communication. Those are all things that, you know, our technology can't solve for. We can provide you an enriched set of data. We can provide you with an extremely accurate tracking system. 
can support you as much as we want, but if you don't have that culture and that leadership and that that appetite, you know, uh, you know, for information, you know, you're only going to mitigate the usefulness of the information. Exactly. It's only as useful as you make it. And you have to find ways to quantify it, put purpose behind it. And then what do you use with it? Like what exactly? Because like we talked about uh, the distance between a defender and receiver, and there's so many different ways you can look at it uh, from different perspectives, different positions. And uh, like like I mentioned, I think it's going to add even more human strategic elements to the game of football. And like you said, some other sports down the road. Uh, speaking of other sports, uh, what other uses for Zebra are out there, uh, at least in football right now? I think I saw something about using it for fantasy football and perhaps video games like Madden. Well, certainly the data set, and again, you know, the, the NFL would make the decisions on how to use, take the data stream. They, they own it to the partnership with the provider, with the vendor uh, partner, and they are the customer. So the NFL, you know, the, the data set is rich. It's very accurate. So that could help feed, you know, AI tools that go into video games and other types of solutions. I'm excited about the potential of bringing, you know, tracking data as a, in, in the next gen stats information sets into the world of fantasy football. Uh, I think it just, again, brings another level of dimensionality to, you know, to, to the game and, and quantifiable, useful information. So that, that's exciting to me that that can expand we can expand into those areas and, and help support that. Um, you know, I, I was thinking of, you know, a category I always like to talk about that was, you know, born out of the early interactions I had in football. Um, I was working with a club and looking at some of the scouting reports and, and they were showing me a, a, a set of information or categories to evaluate defensive backs. And one of the categories of the many were this, this and teams call it different things, but it was this recognition to close or, pass to release to close on receiver and they they used a scale of one to ten so the whole idea that you know may be obvious based on what i just said but when the pass released how good is that running back that, that defensive back i'm sorry good at recognizing the release of the pass and then the primary receiver that they're responsible for how fast and how good are they to getting to the receiver what happens is it a reception is it a pass broken up is it an interception and and they were ranking these these players this is you know back in 07 Oh, eight, they're ranking the player on a scale of one to 10 and there could be a dozen scouts and those dozen scouts, you know, maybe six of those scouts are scouting that same player and they have varying numbers and it was a waiting effort. And I thought that was really interesting. And I, I was always inspired by that because I think tracking data, if we can, if, if we can expand, you know, over time using tracking information, you could actually put a quantifiable number next to that player's capabilities and not as a negative, as a you know a reasonable amount of information to build from that player may may be a six on this recognition to burst or burst to close but here's his acceleration rate in that amount of time can we train for that can we develop to make that player even better at that or is this is this player just excels at a level above all competition because he's so explosive into that idea so to provide quantifiable information next to those numbers to give again scouts and coaches and players themselves an information set that, hey, oh, I can, I can develop around that. I can train differently for that. I can work on that particular skill. Uh, when our information can be helpful in that idea, that's, that's exciting to us as well. I forgot to ask us earlier, so I apologize, but we're talking about the safety earlier when we're discussing. Is there a way that your technology is used to maybe do like a before and after comparison of a player's injury to see if they are maybe back to 100%? Well, I can't get into specifics. It it's certainly, I, I can say anecdotally, it, it could be an element too, not the okay. only set of information. 
Uh, Un- yeah, uh, and and I, I think too the the easy another one to point to would be the a quarterback, a rookie quarterback, who's playing their fifteenth game of the season. Again, they hadn't maybe they hadn't played you know that many games over you know over a certain season. So how much wear and tear happens on the arm? It does highlight a point. I will say this: you know, are the the technology that we have inside the football with the chip and the shoulder pads during a practice environment, we can track every throw for a quarterback. And, you know, traditionally you'd have to have someone with a clicker. Does a robot know you like a neighbor? Insurance corporation will fulfill requests to cover anyone, anything, anytime, anywhere with most standard algorithm in the order it was received. Please hold. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting the insurance coverage you need always starts with a conversation. Find a Farm Bureau agent at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. If I may, you know, just clicking pitch counts on the quarterbacks mm-hmm. or someone manually tracking all the throws. And, you know, before a practice session, an unstructured practice time just before the session starts, players might go out and throw 30 balls. And no one's tracking all of that. And does that have a negative effect on a younger quarterback coming back from injury, a, a veteran quarterback? Do you want to manage that pitch count on the quarterback? And the, the cool thing is, outside again of all the advanced analytics and opportunities and ideas we just talked about, Will, our system automatically counts all the, all the throws for a quarterback without having that burden be on someone you know else on the staff where they can go do something much more productive during a practice session and support the session versus manually tracking passes or marking passes. Yeah, no, that's really interesting. And of course, rookie quarterbacks, you, you touched on them, they have a hard go because they don't have a lot of transition. They have their college season, then they go right into training for their pro days and their scouting combine, they get drafted. In a normal year, not 2020, mini camps, OTAs, and then right into training camp. So a longer season, you can definitely see how that wears on a, a player uh, because they're so new. That's a lot without really a lot of rest. Whereas guys who are more established, they get an off season and it's just a little bit easier, especially in the months of like February, March, and April. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. We had an example in college a number of years ago where there was a particular receiver. I talked about the example of uh, the receiver's explosiveness or, or ability to get downfield later in a game after X amount of snaps. Right. And there was a particular uh, primary receiver we were tracking a bowl game years ago. And uh, there was a player that the team said, hey, th- this guy's routes, you know, he just, he just doesn't seem to have the, the speed that we that he ha- typically has the latter part of the game well, an early part of the game. And we kind of peeled back the onion a bit and were able to evaluate uh, with the help of the coaching staff, looking at the, the performance data of before the game. And what they found is the player over a series of games um, was, was exerting himself so much during the unstructured part of pregame that he was probably a little worn out in the first one or two quarters. He had worn himself out during pregame. So again, something we wasn't we weren't necessarily thinking about or hunting down, but the data helped the coaching staff and the performance staff kind of peel back the onion and go to the player. Hey, when you go out, let's not exert ourselves too much during the unstructured part. You know, when you pre when they're walking the field or doing their own kind of stretching and, and uh, you know, kind of, uh, you know, pliability type of moves and stuff, uh, just manage that workload. And so again, that's just another anecdotal example of how this information can be useful and utilized by, by coaching staff. Absolutely. All super fascinating. John, is there anything that we didn't hit on today? Um, about Zebra Technologies, perhaps the partnership with the Chicago Bears that you want to make sure that uh, our listeners know of before I let you go? 
Well, I, you know, I would say, I would say this, you know, we, we get a lot of attention for our work in, in football and, and sports, and we're really excited about the partnership and, and the opportunities it's brought to us. I, I think just interestingly enough, you know, you know Zebra's heritage, our, our foundation wasn't built around sports. So we, we're a company that's really well known in supporting retail, healthcare, operations and logistics in terms of location services, you know, tagging services, scanning, barcode scanning. You people may interact with zebra technologies every day when they go buy something at a store or order something online. The packing system at an Amazon environment, for instance, might be using our scanner. So we're really prevalent in these areas. We've been around a long time. So for local fans, I mean, that Lincolnshire company is Zebra Technologies, where we've been around for 30 plus years doing really good work in all those industries. And we're category leaders in, in many of the, the areas I talked about. And, and sports is something that we're really fortunate to have grown into over the last six years. And we look to expand. But, um, you know, keep an eye on Zebra Technologies. We're, we're an exciting company doing really cool things, not only in sports, but in other industries around the world. Absolutely. I mean, I envision a world where this will trickle down from the NFL eventually to collegiate football down maybe to the high school level for some of those super serious states like maybe Texas, for example. Uh, just I can just see the interest being there uh, as it gets a little bit more prevalent, a little bit. Uh, I, I guess prevalent would be the word I'll use here, at least for the purposes of this podcast. But, John, I want to thank you again for the time. Really interesting stuff. I got you and I were able to nerd out a little bit over some data, and that's <laughs> always a good time for me. So I appreciate the time, man. Will, thank you for the time. I really enjoyed the conversation and happy to do it and look forward to doing it again, hopefully, in the near future. All right, Bears fans, I hope you found John's information to be valuable to you. I love bringing on guests that can give you some insight that perhaps I can't, and I hope I have some great questions for you along the way. I'll definitely pass forward some of those extra data points that John was mentioning that he and his team will collect for us. Really interested to see how that will all turn out. But yeah, I hope you enjoyed the episode. Nick and I will be back next week as we continue recapping what we hear coming out of Howis Hall. And hey, every day is one day closer to Chicago Bears football. So have a good rest of your weekend. And of course, Bear Down Chicago. Hey, you still listening? Well, it's so great. Uh, I actually have a little bit of bonus audio uh, from John and I after the official recording. Uh, he actually had a few more Chicago Bears stats that I think you'll really enjoy. So if you stayed after the outro, uh, just consider this like a little bit of a bonus material for you. So here you go. Oh, one thing I didn't get to on Trubisky was one of the things. He was re- he was pressured 24% of all of his dropbacks, which was actually the 11th best in in, in the league last year. Um, so the offensive line, right? Yeah. 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 So, you know, the offensive line shows some clarity to provide him some protection. Um, it would be an interesting year for the bears, you know, for sure. It's, it's critical. Oh, and Tariq Cohen, his alignment, he, he let, he's one of the top three running backs that go wider in the slot. So it's McCaffrey, um, Austin Eckler and Tariq are the top three running backs that are split wider into the slot for passing opportunities as well. So Interesting things that we're seeing on the offense. Uh, I thought the defensive production, what looking at the tracking did, it was lower than we might anticipate. I, I expect the defense to rebound this year. I'm just kind of rambling here. 
Uh, Tariq Cohen, just also, as you know, he had the most uh, receptions of any running back when aligned in the slot in 2019 as well. That makes a lot of sense to me. He was targeted so much last year uh, just due to uh, Taylor Gabriel going down early, who's they have a similar build. Uh, Definitely Tariq Cohen was leaned on there. I know as a rusher, he wasn't ultra productive last year, and hopefully they can turn that around because David Montgomery, I think he's going to have a better year too, but we need more people who can be proficient rushers back there. So that's interesting about Cohen out wide though. Yeah, if you get a chance, uh, I'll, I'll actually, if you don't mind, I'll, I'll have our guys give me a day or so, but I'll get you the efficiency numbers for the running backs just so you have it for reference for the Bears. Um, be super it's, it's, neither, it's neither good nor bad in terms of ranking. It's just good numbers to have. It, it really accentuates that north-south running style or, you know, more of a, you know, picking picking the slot, looking for a, looking for a seam to get through type of running back. Yeah, isn't there one stat? I don't know if it's next gen or if it's PFF. So excuse me, but about like uh, yards before contact for running back. Do you guys take care of that? Yeah, yeah. So you can derive that from both of ours. I know PFF does it uh, visually. We can automate that. That's really neat. Yeah, because the last year I know we we're getting a lot of contact in the backfield for our running backs, which is a obviously you want to the more yards before contact, usually the longer the rushes will be. So that makes a lot right. of sense. Okay, for real this time, I'm out of here. Have a great weekend, Bears fans. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com.